Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Uh, good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes. On this week's show, we will, of course, be looking ahead to Saturday's trip up to Doncaster Rovers. Joining me uh, to do that, first up, it's the chef who uh, in- informs me that he's never slept in the fridge at his restaurant, uh, Mr. Mark Newby. How do you, Mark? But I'm fine. I'm enjoying the sunshine and that's perfectly... I personally haven't slept in a fridge in my restaurant but I'm, no, I'm saying no more than that. He was telling us a story about someone who has, which, uh, I mean, by the name of Nark Mubri. Um, <laughs> so there we go. Ryan, also joining us uh, on the show this week is Mr. Tom Wallin. How, did, how was um, you miss You missed the game on Saturday, didn't you, Tom? Yeah, yeah, I did. Where yeah. were you? Uh, I don't think that matters, does it, we, really? Because we missed you. We, we missed you. Where were you? That's nice. I was I, I was. I'd like to rugby. know where you were. What, at, at which rugby? Wales, Italy. What was the score? Twenty-two, twenty-one. What to Wales? Nope. Aren't Italy like? Hadn't they like not won a game in about thirty years? Seven, but yeah, a long time. Oh, so seven as if that's better. Brilliant. Right. Well, yeah. there you go. Well done, Tom. Thanks. Uh, welcome back. Yeah, welcome back to Tom Wallin, who watched Wales lose to Italy at rugby. I don't even like rugby apart from when Wales lose. So there we go on this week's show. Uh, as I said, we're looking ahead to Doncaster. We've got loads of audio uh, from today's press day. Johnny Jackson. Uh, speaking about the game coming up this weekend. He also speaks about his time so far uh, as a manager, a general mood around the place, of course. We've, we've uh, two wins back-to-back back at home last week. Uh, the, the malaise lifted slightly, uh, thankfully, at the Valley, of course. Uh, we're going to hear from Connor Washington uh, later on in the show. Here's Charlton TV interview. We're going to hear bits and pieces uh, of that. And we've got Paul Goodwin from the Donny Free Press, uh, who tells us all about Doncaster's miserable season. Um, uh, ahead of Saturday's game. So uh, let's dive straight into it then. Uh, trip up to the Keepmoat Stadium, uh, or whatever it's called now on, on Saturday, uh, to face Doncaster Rovers. Johnny Jackson uh, was asked to look ahead to the game today. Uh, he says he's expecting a tough encounter. Yeah, the team fighting for their lives. So, we, you know, they're going to go there and they're going to try and make it as difficult as they can. Um, team, team that's not in great form, yeah, they're going to try and obviously play off of a... Uh, solid shape and uh, and try and be hard to beat before they do anything else. Um, so we expect yeah, another another tough game. Uh, they're not going to hand anything on a plate to us, that's for sure. Uh, obviously, with the you know the position that they find themselves in, so we're going to have to go out there and going to have to earn it. Um, it might take a bit of patience and and, and time, but um, obviously we have to find a way to do that. Yeah, but it's uh, still, despite where they are in the league, still expecting a tough game. We've got a full week's training. How are the wounded? Um, will Jason Pierce be available? And how's Corey Beckett Taylor? And of course, Jake Foster Kasky may be back in contention. Yeah, well, Jake's come through two uh, under 23s games, played 67 minutes um, on Tuesday, uh, not feeling any effects from that. So, um, 
yeah, he's he's come through fine. Um, PSC trained today, but he's back available uh, after nursing a bit of a sore foot there. So um, he becomes available, and then Corey, Corey um, trained as well. So uh, everyone's come through the weekend really, and the early part of the week unscathed. Um, so obviously, apart from the sort of the longer term guys, we've got we've got the same group of players to choose from. There we go. That's Jacko uh, looking ahead to the trip up to Doncaster Rovers. Um, yeah, look, we know Donny are fighting for their lives, Tom. So it's not, not, not we can't really take any anything for granted going into a game like this. But our, our record against the the, the bottom sort of five or six clubs tend, tends to be a little bit better, which is always a good sign. And really, you know, we, we need we need to go away from home and and pick something up. Yeah, and and Jacko's never going to come out and say this is going to be a piece of you know what it's it he's you know he's going to come out and give the opposition respect and and rightly so and it's not like we've got any leg to stand on given what we've been like this season but you know the last two games have been better they've obviously been been wins they've been clean sheet wins um and i think he referenced it himself didn't he that you know it's the away form that that hasn't been good enough i don't think we've won since pompey at the end of january um and so that's been the problem, really, uh, one of may- maybe several problems. But the home form has definitely improved of late uh, and probably is the reason we're going to stay up um, and, and that we're safe now. But you're right. I think we've got nothing to play for uh, and, and Donny obviously still have. So, you know, I'm not I'm not expecting it to be easy at all. I still think it's a game we should win, uh, given the, the way the two teams have been, even with our, our bad run of form over the past couple of months. But... You know, you'd expect to go there and win, but they're certainly not going to make it easy for us. I'm encouraged to see some of the players coming back. I'm encouraged to see, as I say, the last two wins at home. It's just, can we now turn that into some good away form? And uh, and hopefully we can. Mm, yeah, the importance of that momentum that we've built up over the last, the last two games as well, Mark. And it, ha- it has taken the pressure. It is now finally off, I, I think it's fair to say, with regards to the relegation zone. Um, and as I say, a little bit of momentum now. Just just a time now that we hope we can ease ourselves towards the end of the season uh, without too many more hiccups. And, and I think a defeat on Saturday would certainly be considered a hiccup. Well, that's it. I mean, also, I, I wouldn't start celebrating too soon about being safe. I think I've followed Charlton enough years to know we're more than capable of shooting ourselves in both feet. Um it's one of those ones if we lose and then we lose another one and then one of the teams below start thinking, right, we can pick up some points. Yeah, they don't, no one seems to be blowing it away when you look at the results down the bottom. And we have done well. And like Tom says, we've got more players coming back. There's more options. It just depends what kind of like scrappy game we get pulled into. I mean, is it? It's not. I can't see it being you know a feast for the footballing eyeballs. But if we're sensible... You know, we can get something out of it. You know, point three points. And obviously, a point's not much use to them. They'll be going for it, which might give us opportunities. But I, I still wouldn't... I know it's going to sound like the most pessimistic thing in the world, but like I say, still with X amount of games to go. Was it eight games to go? You know, it's still to only, what, 10, 12 points. And that could go quite quickly. You know, we've just been on a really, really bad run. I mean, two wins... I think paper's over the cracks slightly. So, you know, glass half empty, glass half full time, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's 13 points above the relegation zone and it's um, 
not not just the fact that we have that buffer, which is a very healthy buffer. It's more the fact that Wimbledon aren't winning games. You know, Morecambe aren't winning games. Those two sides uh, who not only would have to catch us and then everyone else below us have to overtake us as well. I mean, the fact that those two can't string one win together, let alone a run of three or four, that they would need to close that gap. Mean, you know, for me means we're we're, we're absolutely fine. I mean, looking at the team from from last week. Tom, uh, I, I guess you'd argue that there, there isn't much of a stronger team we could put out at the, at the moment in time. Um, you know, D, DJ obviously came off the bench and replaced Corey Blackett-Taylor, but I think for me, Corey starts all day long uh, at the moment if fit enough to do so, and it sounds like it will be. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not sure in terms of in, in terms of personnel that there's many, if any, changes you'd want to make there. I don't think so. As you say, given the players we've got fit, I think that's about as good as it gets. I think We've obviously had a week to recover as well, which which always helps. And yeah, I, I don't see any need to change it when when you're winning games. I know people like Jake has obviously started to get some minutes in, which is good. And as you say, probably over the course of the season, maybe actually maybe not. I was going to say maybe people would rate DJ above Corey, but as you say, the the games that Corey has played recently, I've been impressed with, um, and obviously got his goal. Uh, and arguably was the the provider of the goal at, at Gillingham as well. So, yeah, I think look the difficulty is um, something we've said a lot this season is we we've always had these wins in us, uh, and we'd proven that earlier in the season. So, when you're talking about the likes of Wimbledon and those teams that that aren't winning games and that would have to win to catch us, the reason I'm convinced we're safe is is because we we have always had these performances in us, and we've said that consistently it's just for whatever reason uh, it hasn't worked and I think there are some reasons that are legitimate like the injuries I think there's some reasons maybe uh, where we would expect better from them so again we've said it all season it's been a, a horrible season really um, it's kind of meandering to a close now I think we're probably all relieved we've got those back-to-back wins and, and we're not going to go down uh, ultimately that's not good enough but it will do for now and it, it's a case as it has been for a little while of looking ahead to the summer now but I think the one thing in terms of competition for places you could say now and it's again something we've mentioned once or twice uh, as has Jacko is that they're playing for, for their future at Charlton now and it's about working out who wants to stay it's about working out who we think deserves to stay um, and then looking ahead to the future really so yeah a couple of people like Corey Blackett-Taylor as an example uh, Connor obviously being out of contract. There's a few players like that who will be thinking, right, can I show Jacko what I want to do next season here and, and can we tie those players down or, and do we want to ultimately as well? Mm, well, that's a very good point and uh, something that Jacko was asked about today actually. And there's a really uh, good clip here where he was asked uh, uh, during the press day about his time so far as a manager, how he's found this first sort of six months or so in charge uh, as a football manager, which is obviously new to him. Um, you know, he talks about the fact that it's been an eye-opener, I think it's fair to say. Uh, he was also asked how far off uh, he, he thinks we are from being a side that could challenge next season when it, when all the players are back. So loads to uh, listen to in, in this next clip from Jacko from Press Day today, starting off uh, with the question how he's found uh, the new role that he's had over the last six months. Yeah, it's been a, uh, it's been a real sort of eye-opener. A uh, few months in, in first management job. Um, I knew there'd be ups and downs. Obviously, started great and then uh, hit a bit of a rocky period there. Um, you know, for various reasons, obviously had terrible injury situation that that has ended up sort of costing us our season, if you like, as far as you know where we wanted to end up. But 
yeah, and it was difficult difficult through that period. Um, you learn a lot about yourself in those moments and the people around you as well. So I knew it. I knew getting into this, it wasn't always going to be uh, rosy and winning every week. It was a great start, but um, yeah, it's important. It's important that you try and just stay stay steady throughout the period. You know, when you when you're doing well, stay steady, and then when you if you do that, when you're not doing so well, you can stay steady as well, knowing that it will turn around. And I, and I knew that it would. And I knew as soon as we got sort of the guys back to to come and help us, uh, that, that our our fortunes would change, um, which they have. They are obviously that's an ongoing thing. We can't we can't sort of be satisfied with that. We want to push on and, and, and finish as well as we can. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been a uh, hectic few months. Injuries are his part, aren't they? But you, you, you had yeah, said quite so clearly that you know, you know the ones you had were affecting you particularly. Um, how far off, you know, when you've got everybody available, how far off is that team from where you want them to be? Obviously, 13 points clear of the relegation zone now. And as you said, the start of the run, when he took over, how far away are you? If you've got everybody fit and available, which obviously doesn't work that way, so you need a slightly, slightly bigger squad. But looking ahead to next season, how close a chance are where you'd want them to be? I think when when we've got everyone available, we're close. Uh, I think we are a match for anyone in the division. When we've got those, well, I mean, we've proven it um, on many occasions when we when we've got everyone fit that that we're capable of mixing it with, with the best of them. So, um, obviously, with some smart recruitment in, in the summer, as far as ins and outs, uh, adding uh, the right types in the right positions, I think that'll only only strengthen that hand. Like you say, obviously. Injuries are part of it, and we have to build a squad to to be able to cope with the demands of the league and uh, knowing that we will will lose. What I want to get to a position where you do lose one, two of your key men, and you've got people coming in that, that are equally capable. Um, I think that's obviously where you know we lost some of the some of the key guys in in key areas, and and obviously it, it really affected us and and how we want to play and and what we was capable of. So uh, I think that's a good lesson learnt that that we need to have able replacements in in every position. Really knowing that throughout a forty six game season that you know you're going to need to call on everyone, and there are going to be moments. Hopefully not all together at the same time, but that you're going to have to deal with without certain players at, at any given moment. So that, that's certainly a lesson learned as well. What's it done What's for the training, training ground the last couple of weeks? Because obviously, when you do get and run it, come look everyone. How, how much of a lift has it been? How much of a change has it been uh, for you and for the players? Winning always helps. No getting away from it. It puts smiles on, on everyone's face, not just the players, the staff, the people that work here around the place. Some being out definitely helps with that as well. So, uh, weather's been brilliant this week. Obviously, on the back of two wins, does does lift everyone's mood. Um I've got to say, even even during that period, although we, you know, none of us was happy with um, with the run of form, and, and certainly no one's happy with losing. That, that you know, that everyone everyone remained positive. There's always a good spirit around the place and on the training pitch, but no getting away from the fact that you get a couple of wins and the sun comes out and everyone feels a little bit better, even still. Just lastly for me, um, so Doncaster away next up. How important is it to end the season? strongly take it into next season because obviously you learn as much through defeats and perhaps in the long run this little spell that you just had will serve you and the club you know to, on that learning curve on that process but how important is it now to, to take a strong end to the season into that summer that recruitment ahead of ahead of what you want to achieve in the future 
Yeah, for me, it's massive. We have to we have to end strong. Um, I think it's really important that, that that we leave here at the end of the season. There's a, with positivity around the place amongst the uh, the fan base. Certainly, you know, when I first took over in that period, there was a real positive feeling around the club. And obviously, losing games doesn't help with that. Um, but if we can finish strong and and people see, you know, that when we do get the guys back, that that we become a force again, um, knowing that if we Again, if we do do the right business in in the summer, um, that we'll be at the other end of, uh, of the table come this time next year. And I think, I think by ending the season positive, that will give everyone that that optimism and that belief and that hope uh, that 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 we're capable of that. And obviously, that's that's where this club should be. There we go. Plenty from uh, from Jacko there, Mark. I mean. <laughs> I always used to say it about Bo because I mean, he, I mean, he came in under obviously Roland du Châtelet, very. Uh, difficult time to manage, I guess, for anyone as a first manager. He probably felt like he'd seen it all in his uh, first uh, first couple of years as a manager. Now, for Jack, obviously not not quite on the same level in terms of the ownership issues that we've had. Obviously, not not everything's cut and dry in terms of ownership nowadays. But in terms of um, you know a, a, a baptism of fire with the injuries he's had to contend with. I mean it's. It's not. It's not exactly been a plain sailing for Jacko, and I guess he would have learnt more about himself as a person and as a manager in the last six months than than maybe he even thought he could have when he when he came into into the job. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. It's almost sort of like you know you're thrown into a swimming pool. It's a sink or swim. Do you do you try and kick out and make the edge, or do you sort of like just give up to it and just drown? Um, for him, it's difficult with a new manager. In fact, he's been in the club for so many years. You know, he's seen the regimes come. He's seen the different managers been here. He's played under. I mean, I don't know how many different managers he's played under here. Um, so he's got pick, things he's picked up, and obviously he's going to develop his own style. The situation with all the changeover from Duchelet to the Clowns to Thomas. You don't know how much of that you take on as a coach and get involved with all of that. I mean, obviously, not enough to dissuade him away from the club because obviously it's a club which is very dear to him. Um, and it's he probably knows himself that if he has a clear run, you know, manages to get in players early, manages to tie down the players he wants if he can. And, and start the season with, you know, a semi-decent squad. You're thinking, right, we can add to this and we've got enough kids there. We can supplement. He, he probably is confident in himself that we could do something next season. I, I just think it's it's how we approach it's for June and July, you know, April, you know, June and July months, as it were. I mean, we as football fans, we're... Always looking for that little snippet to come up on the club site or a little bit of rumours or something. We're interested in this player, that player. And I always say, you look at how many players at the end of a season from other clubs are released. And you can always, I, I always say this, you could put together a really good squad with players who have been released. You know, not just in this league, you know, championship. And... uh I, you know, so obviously he knows what he can get, knows there's some money, and no, well, if he can have a good pre-season and get a style drilled into them and have it there, I think he's got, he's got to be positive. I mean, it's it's quite hard. You got to say, you know, in the time he's been manager, 
you know, what what kind of mark would you give him? You know, maybe it may be harsh, maybe a, a C plus. You know, only for the simple fact that I think sometimes we've said he's been a little too regimented in not being fluid in changing his shape so much, and I think that's one of the things. Possibly, I was I thought Skiverton was brought in to advise him more than sort of like being a coach role, more being like a mentoring role on the coaching side, and say so he could you know coach for players, but he could also. In in so far as it goes, Coach Jacko, because he's way more experienced in that kind of thing. But I don't know if that's actually paying off. That's one of those things where you go, has that worked as an experiment? And I'm not 100% certain it has. Mm, I guess it's still early days. I mean, that is one of the the things that people always often talk. I remember, I remember back in Curbs' day, people used to say, what, what on earth does Mervyn Day do? It's, it's, hard, it's hard to measure what a coach does, you know, when the... The responsibility does fall on the head of the manager. It's, you know, I always, uh, always think people probably read too much into in, into what someone like Terry Skiverton will do when he comes in, or, or certainly in terms of you know visible results. He, he might do all sorts of things that are good behind the scenes, but but who who knows? It's hard it's hard to measure really. Um, he, he spoke about you know when everyone's fit, it doesn't feel like we're we're a million miles off, Tom. You know we could challenge, but I guess. And we've seen in in the phases where everyone isn't fit, and there will be cases where that is next season. Uh, we we need to have better backup options, mid like at a minimum, really. Yeah, I think we've we've all said we need you know at least six or seven as as a minimum. And I know Thomas has spoken. I think about five or six plus low knees. Um, I think there's a good core there. Uh, I, I you know I, I know there's a lot of people who say differently. Um, personally I know McGivery is one of the kind of the biggest I don't know if we're going to talk about that stat that the club put out today but I know he's been very mixed in terms of how people have seen him I think he's okay and with if we get Maynard Brewer back I think that's a good backup I think the defence needs some work um, centre-backs obviously with Innes's injury record with Famwo and the decision around him and with Pierce, you know not getting any younger you've, you've really just got Lavelle there and then some of the youngsters like Barker and, and El Oere. Um So I think the centre-back needs some work. But I think there's a, a good scope of that midfield with the likes of Sean Clare and obviously player of the year, George Dobson. And I think even the attacking mid is OK. Um, but you need more supply up front as well. I think we need more strikers. We probably need more attacking uh, wingers or wide players. Uh, and we need more centre-backs. Um, and I think that's relatively clear. I'd be surprised if if there's anybody in that coaching staff and or recruitment team or whatever that doesn't agree with that. Um, but as I say, I think there's the the makings there of a very good squad. And as I said earlier, we've proven that at times this season. We, you know, the the games that we have won against some of the bigger sides, they haven't been flukes for me. I think we've largely been the better team in those games. It's not been just a, a last minute winner or anything like that. So it's there. Um, it's taken a while, but it is there and. The big thing is the consistency. And as I say, part of the reason for the run recently was the injuries. And if we'd had that backup that you asked me about, then maybe that wouldn't have had such a big impact. So I'm largely pretty positive. I mean, I try and be a relatively positive fan anyway, but I am confident ahead of next season. It's just a shame that once again, we're having to think about next August already when there's still, what, five or six games of this season left. And then the whole summer that we've then got to wait because... It feels like a massive missed opportunity this year. Uh, and the league's not getting any easier either. But 
yeah, it's um, oh, we've said it loads of times. It's a big summer ahead. Mm, yeah, I've got bad news for you, Tom. There's eight games still to play this season. That you have oh to God! Watch. Yeah, I know exactly. Uh, right. Well, I mean, the, the last couple of games has provided a bit of a lift. Uh, Jacko was asked about the mood about the training ground uh, earlier on today uh, during press day. Yeah, it does. Uh, it's always nice to win games, clean sheets, back-to-back wins, six points in a week. So from from the run, especially that we've been on, um, to sort of yeah pick those wins up and uh, climb a few places, get you know a few smiles on faces, or obviously really pleasing. And uh, yeah, we're, we're delighted with a week's work. You mentioned the clean sheets; it's three and four, and. With anywhere between two and four centre-halves not available, it's uh, impressive enough. And I guess that also means your strikers now have gotten back, even though they are back. It takes the pressure off. They don't have to score three goals to make this win again. Well, it does, yeah. But also, I think it, they help us with the defensive side of the game as well. So I think it's, it was a coincidence that it, with those guys missing that you end up having to defend more. Uh, consequently, I mean, you know, conceding more goals as well. So, um, yeah, clean sheets and is a defense uh, is a it's a collective effort. You know, uh, a lot of your defending does start from the front as well. So, um, they they've been an important important part of that. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, for me. You know, when you get the you get your resources back and you've got sort of a full squad to choose from, um, it's no coincidence. That you know the clean sheets have started to come and the victories too. Yeah, those um, clean sheets have come to the valley. So now I guess is um, to make that happen. Away from yeah, your waveform hasn't been good enough. Uh, we know that. Um, yeah, we we need to start picking up more points. And and you're right, that starts with clean sheets. Give yourself a chance to uh, to win games. Certainly not lose them if you're keeping those clean sheets. So um, we knew we wasn't getting enough. Uh, it's been good the last last three home games that, that, that we managed it but um, obviously we need to build on that away from home now as well because uh, you know if we want to do anything and want to climb the table then then it can't just be the home form that's playing a part in it there we go I mean Jacko uh, referencing the fact that you know the, the two wins and, and those clean sheets uh, three clean sheets in a row isn't it at home um, you know I bizarre stat that we've got the most clean sheets at home in, in, the, in the division <laughs> I found that absolutely bizarre uh, considering we, we, we struggle with them away from home um, eight, eight, so we've got 10 at home 8 of which have come under Johnny Jackson um, but we've been struggling with them away from home we, we've been struggling on the road I think it's three wins on the road under Jacko the last one as Tom mentioned uh, came away at Portsmouth and, and, and the last away clean sheet I think I think you possibly have to go all the way back to the win at Burton, but I'm, I'll have to double check that. But you know, on the road has been a very different story to um, uh, away uh, uh, games at home, Mark, and, and it's hard to put your finger on exactly why that is. But obviously, it's something that we need to improve starting Saturday. Oh, totally. You said, like you said, you can't you know you can't put your finger on why. Um, picking up on what Tom was saying, I think you've got to look at both fullback positions as well. Need refreshing. You know, I'd be getting rid of both Gunter and Matthews on that side. Perrington I like, you know, but I'd like him as a backup to somebody. Um, you know, I agree with him about the centre-halves and strikers. You know, I, I, I just want fit people. That's it, just fit people. Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult with away, with away from as well. I mean, Donny's one of those ones, they've got no love for us. 
their fans and their um, players over the last couple of years where we've gone sort of like heads to heads and uh, clash with them over certain games. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a strange one. Again, like I said earlier, if, if you get pulled into, they're going to be told, right, hit them fast, hit them. If we can sort of like take the first 15 minutes, take the sting out of the game, I think that plays into our hands. We've got the ball players, you know, Fraser's very impressed me the times I've seen him first start for us, which aren't many, admittedly, but I've, you know, always thought he was a decent player before he came to us. Um, yeah, and you can give players like that some time to work work some space, work some passes. Then if he's, if Washington and Stockley are gonna to start together, we know the stat when they start together. You know, we've got things in our favour. Defensively I know there's a question mark over Macca in goal as well. If he's not for like I say, you know, for for having as many clean sheets as at home, you know, there's still people going, Yeah, I'm not sure. I think the last couple of games we've we've seen him take what he's being coached on board. We've seen him come out, you know, punching's good, catching's good, he's clearing his lines, no silly rooted to the spot things. Because he's he's a good shot stopper. And, you know, his distribution for the goal last week was lovely. Um and very quick thinking. So I, I think, like, I agree with Tom, I think if you get Maynard Brewer back as a, as a, as a backup, that's a, that's a decent setting between the sticks. You know, we can tweak up and down the pitch in different places. Um, the interesting thing is whether, I presume Jake, I know he had 60 minutes with the um, Stiffs this week, and he'd, he'd had half half a match last week. Uh, whether he gets involved with a squad at all, he he he'll probably travel, but I can't see him making the squad. But I'm a huge Jake fan, and I know people say, "No, oh, you know, get rid of him." We, you know, we made him play of the season. Then he was injured, so it seems a bit harsh to then go, "Oh, you got to get rid of him now," because he hasn't played bad. If there's half a dozen ahead of him, I'd be him showing the door. So it'll be interesting on Saturday wearing the black kit, which we look lovely in. So we shall see. <laughs> Yeah, always important that we look nice as well, even if it we're is. not playing well. No, exactly. it is. <laughs> right, let's have a look at uh, some of the tweets and emails that have come in. You can, uh, if you want to email a future show, email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us uh, at charltonlive and that's what Al has done. He says it was such a relief uh, winning the last two games and being clear of relegation. I never want us to lose games, but if these players decide now to go on a good run again as it's now come to the end of the season and they want a new contract, is that going to pape over the cracks? And Jacko thinks he will keep some of them when we know that half of this team is just not good enough and can't do it consistently. Please discuss. Uh, great show as always. Come on, you, Alex. That's from Al. Cheers, Al. Yeah, I know we, Jacko was asked a question the other day, and we played it on the show, I think it was on Sunday, and he says there's still a lot of football to be played, Tom. But I, I imagine from what he's seen over the course of an entire season, he must have made his mind up on a few of them, even if they are going to have a flying end to the season. Like Ben Watson comes in and knocks in five 30-yard top bin shots between now and the end of the season. I still think we'll let him go. That would be funny though, wouldn't it, if he did that and then we signed him on for another year. Um, you, you would have to hope so. He's, he's looked at these players since the start of the season, even when Nigel was here. Um, I think a lot of what he wants is is about character and attitude and what it means to play for this club and all that stuff that you know some of us myself included really like some some people don't and and that's absolutely fine um so i think there are players and i think we can probably list the ones who have that 
obviously there is then an element of quality which is needed as well um and i think we've spoken a little bit about that as well and then there's the formation and i think some of the players mark referenced there uh I would argue are probably okay players and maybe would earn an, another year in, in certain formations, but don't fit now. Um, and I'm not just talking about Gunter because he's Welsh, but I think there are other players there in those wing-back or defensive positions who ju- unfortunately don't just fit the system. I think the same could be said of somebody like uh, Kirk, who, who obviously may well end up going to, to Blackpool permanently. I think there are players throughout this side who you know aren't, aren't haven't really adapted to that. So... If he's going to stay with that formation, I think that's his consideration as well. Like you, I think he's probably been making those decisions earlier. Um, I know there was that kind of difficult period at the start of the new year, I think it must have been, or maybe, yeah, it must have been just after January where everyone was worried about his contract and whether we were able to extend players. And then it was kind of clarified, no, he's here until next summer um, on that initial contract. So, yeah, hopefully him and Steve Gallen and, and whoever else, Martin Sangard, etc., have been starting to look at players, talk to players, uh, and hopefully Jacko's handed them a list of players that he is happy to see leave. Um, because, yeah, unfortunately it's going to be another relatively busy summer for us, but it, it has to be done early on, as we've spoken about several times. Mm. Certainly does. Right, Clive has uh, emailed in. Dear Louis, uh, what always impressed me watching Chris Powell uh, play was the supremely confident uh, way he kept uh, the ball. He would invite players in knowing that they would not get it off him uh, and then go past them. He was calm and composed, never in a rush. This had much to do uh, with the close control of the football and intelligence. Uh, I can see signs of those traits in Scott Fraser, but I guess you have to be at the top of your game and very fit. Uh, to do really well. Scott is probably a long way short of being at the top of his game. I think there may well be great things to come from him. Uh, compare him to Elliot Lee, who works hard but does not have that come and get the ball off me if you think you can. Calmness uh, that I think I see in Scott Fraser. Scott could well become our playmaker. Uh, let's hope so. Uh, and then Clive added, forgot to say, I think Perrington has now done enough to deserve a new contract, so I'll add him uh, to Washington on my list for a renewal. Uh, all the other expiries have uh, plenty of work to do. Yeah, I, I, I still hold lots of hope for for Scott Fraser. I still think I still think he'll come good. I, obviously, he's still coming back from fit, uh, from uh, from illness, as we heard on on the pod on Sunday, uh, Mark. But I mean, d- just quickly, I mean, Washington's. I think everyone's happy for to try and keep him Purrington. I mean, it's, it's a player who I've asked pretty much everyone about. I think because he's one sort of borderline, isn't he? Yeah, well, I just said I'd, I'd keep him as a backup because I know we've always said he's a, he's a seven out of ten player, but he's scored a couple this season, and he, you don't normally sort of like think he's going to make too many mistakes. And uh, it's it's interesting because I know there's been a lot of talk about the lone players we've got, and especially the year of the two young kids from Chelsea and Spurs. And I know Jacko's been saying about you know we haven't done enough to show me you're good enough. And people say, oh, but they're really, really good players. I'm thinking, well, Jacko's the one who's seen them for the, you know, two, four, six hours a day they're, they're under him and training. And if they're not doing it, I mean, you know, you don't know whether this kid turned up thinking he was going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. And because he's at a premiership club, he didn't have to try. And Jacko's going to say, well, you've got to have to try. It, you know, it seems strange because he came with such a glowing recommendation from Chrissy Powell and you know, and like uh, I think your colleague at this LP had said, there'd been sort of like other clubs and the Championship who were interested in him on loan. So we'd use that contact. We're going to say, well, he's not really done anything for you. But I'm thinking, I don't think you should be putting in a player just because he's come from Spurs under 21s, you know, and everyone talks about raves about him. I'm thinking, you know, he's got to show he can do it. 
you know, on on the pitch in, in training. And if he's not doing that, I trust Jacko to say, you know, you're not showing me enough. You've got to show me you want it. You've got to be knocking on my door. It's, I think it's like he'd talked earlier on the season for Albie had gone and knocked on his door and said, like, what do I have to do to sort of like get myself back into your thoughts? And he said he went out and he he showed it on the training pitch. And it paid off for him. Okay, he's been sort of like missing recently, but he, he went and knocked and asked and got his head down and worked. And I'm thinking, obviously, there's something in his kid's DNA which thinks in, well, I'm going to be going back to Spurs. I'll go somewhere else. It doesn't really matter to me. You know, being at Charlton on loan, it's, it's, not, it's not one of those ones. I think if you'd got them in at the start of a season, then you can work with them and you can bring them in. I think... I'd said I think the only reason we got them in in January was just to bulk out the squad a touch just because we were just having injuries left, right and centre and we were running out of bodies and then, as it was, people started coming back a little sooner. People started um, playing in better in position. So we didn't actually need them and we'd managed to let our kids go out and get some experience. I mean, the ones we've let out on loan are all playing with their loan clubs. So I, th- I think these two loans, we wouldn't have ideally been looking for. We just used them to think, you know what, emergency backups for numbers, that's what we've got them for. Not with any kind of promise, come in and be the next Conor Gallagher for us, per se, or sort of like one of the Arsenal kids who'd come in and done really well. Um, so I'm not too fussed if they go back to Spurs and they go somewhere else. It's, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk about for sort of a lot of the loan players, but, you know, I think Purrington... Come back to your original question. I'd I'd keep him because I just think he's he's a, he's a steady Eddie. Lovely stuff. Right, one more message comes in uh, from Rachel. I know we're uh, not exactly in a position to gloat, but is there anything more Sunderland uh, than them signing a player, sacking their manager because he didn't want to sign said player, dropping league places, and then the player retiring? Yeah, well, the uh, the Jermaine Defoe uh, situation at the stadium. But the Schadenfreude is all we've got left, I'm afraid, Rachel. And and I will enjoy the fact that. Uh, they they seem to have uh, lost lost the you know they, they the rumor was that that Lee Johnson partly was standing in the way of Sunderland actually signing son uh, Jermaine Defoe uh, they sacked him signed Defoe uh, he's not really played and he's retired instead so there you go at least we can enjoy that right let's have a break when we come back uh, we shall continue to look ahead to the game uh, with Doncaster Rovers. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. (laughs) 
draws him momentarily, tries a difficult ball, finds Gilby, super work, Gilby turns inside, can he finish? Yes he can! Super goal from John! Just when you thought that ball from Lee was too complicated, too difficult, he picks out Alex Gilby, with a superb, superbly well to hold his man off, and drills it to the right-hand side, his right-hand side gives Wharton no chance at all, and Charlton surely now put the game to bed. Charlton Live. Well, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Two big games uh, for the Addicts this uh, weekend because on Sunday the women's team are facing. Uh, the South London Derby with Crystal Palace uh, at Crayford, uh, the home game at the Oakwood uh, against uh, against Palace should be a good one. We've had some good games against Palace uh, down the years, uh, late winners, late equalisers, all sorts going on against uh, the Eagles. So it should be a good one. It's an unusual kickoff time. It's a three thirty uh, kickoff over at the Oakwood. So make sure you get your uh, yourself down there to watch the girls take on uh, Palace. Should be a good game. I'm planning on heading down. Looking forward to that one. Hopefully. Uh, we can see if we can get one over uh, on our local rivals. Right, uh, let's hear from uh, one of our favourite players, I think it's fair to say, on this podcast. Connor Washington uh, was in the goals, of course, again uh, on Saturday's 10th of the season when he lifted the ball uh, over Ben Garrett, the goalkeeper for Burton Abbey, in front of that wonderful through ball uh, by Craig McGovery uh, during the week. He was uh, asked uh, today by Charlton TV, and you'll hear the full interview uh, on Saturday, if you are uh, uh, abroad and sign up to Charlton TV, or if you use one of those uh, VPNs that I think everyone does anyway, uh, if you're not going up to the game. Uh, and uh, yeah, Connor Washington asked about a few things. Uh, and uh, first of all, he likes to talk about that goal that he scored on Saturday, uh, including that assist from Craig McGovery. Saturday, obviously the Burton game. I don't think it was our best performance, to be honest. I think we were. it was tough because of the way they, they came to play and obviously disrupt disrupt our game. But... I thought it was a professional performance. I thought the two goals were great. Uh, obviously, nice to get one myself. And um, nice to be back playing, nice to be back fit. Um, and continue the home form, to be honest. It's something I don't think our home record's actually too bad this season, considering, obviously, how poor the season has been on the whole. But we, want, we wanted to make this place a fortress. We wanted to make the Valley a fortress. And um, we, we just got to keep backing it up with performances like that, really. The goal, um, obviously, as soon as Maka gets it, um, I just sprint, which is something... We've worked on something I've spoken to him about a lot. Obviously, we had it at Morecambe as well. And the delivery was fantastic. I mean, I think the Morecambe one was one touch as well. So it just shows you how good the, the delivery of the ball is. Mac is great at that. He's, he's got great distribution. And obviously, he's kept us in a lot of games as well. So um, big shout out to him for that. And any time he can get me an assist, obviously, I'll be more than happy to uh, accept it. So when Macca catches it, all I'm thinking about is, can I get him behind um, the first probably five or six, maybe they block it, maybe it doesn't come, but I've just got to keep making those runs, the manager says it a lot, and, and Maka tells me as well, um, keep making the run, and if he can do it, he will, and luckily enough, he, he managed to get a clear run at it, sends a great ball over, and a bit of hesitation from their keeper sort of makes my mind up, really. I love playing with Jaden. I think it's been evident from interviews, and obviously, actually, 
our performances on the pitch as well. We just we just understand each other. We know what each other are good at and, and what what we aren't necessarily. Um, he does a, a hell of a lot of the dirty work for me, which I, which I really appreciate. Which means I can just stay on the last shoulder and uh, and just run in behind, which is which is obviously my strength. So he's great to play with. He's he's a great person off the pitch as well. He's he's a leader. He's great to have around, and he drags the standards up as well. And like you say, we've since we've been in the team and um, played together, we've we've had a really good run. So. It's, it's great to have those partnerships, especially as a striker. It's not often you, you play two up top anymore. Um, and we want to keep playing two up top, so we've got to keep making sure that our performances are good enough to, to warrant both of our places in the team. Eight games to go now. I think we've, we've got a really good run. And we, we just want to keep that going, really, especially with the home form. And obviously, we need to improve the away form as well. We, we want to get as many points on the board as possible and, and build into next season. So... And on a personal level, obviously, I want to score as many goals as possible in the next eight games. I think my record under this manager speaks for itself, really, sort of one in two when I've been playing up front in a formation and a position that I like. So I want to carry that on. If I can get four or five in the next eight, that would be that would be great. And more, obviously, will, will be the aim. There we go. That's Connor. I mean, I'd, I'd be shocked if there's a single person who um, wouldn't want to keep Connor Washington, um, Tom. I mean, surely... He, that's a given. It's whether he he wants to stay, I guess. Which I hope he will. Uh, he seems to enjoy it here. He, you know, he mentioned there he likes playing under the manager in this formation as well, which is obviously, you know, formation gets spoken about a lot over the last few weeks. But Connor seems to like it. He's scoring goals, one in two. He said under Jacko, which is a a solid return. Um, and yeah, very popular player for us, and, and one of the ones that when he's been out, we've really missed him. Totally, yeah. That that final point was going to be the one I was going to lead with. Um, that that's been the problem that he just unfortunately has had has had periods of injury and, and that's been an issue. I have a feeling there's certain people who aren't as keen. I, I don't know if I have made it up or if I have seen that, but I'm certainly not one of them. I think the way he leads from the front in terms of his work ethic, uh, I think the balance he has with Jaden Stockley is fantastic. Um, whether they are both the kind of starting two or preferred two strikers next season remains to be seen, but... I think they've both got their strengths and their weaknesses, but you look at how they are working together and as you just said there about his goal record, it's hard to argue with it. Same with Jaden as well. Um, And just our winning record when the two of them are in the side is good. So, yeah, I would certainly want him to stay for another year. I I hope he wants to stay as well. Uh, Because as I say, I think he really kind of drives what what Jacko wants from a team and again if I go back to that spine that I spoke about earlier on as I say slightly leaving the defense aside you've got Dobson who you know epitomizes that at the base of the defense Um, then you've got these two at the top of the pitch I know Jaden perhaps doesn't do quite the same amount of running but someone like Connor doing that as well you know they are embodying Jacko on the pitch aren't they in terms of just chasing everything down and not giving up on a lost cause and yeah, it goes a long way. And sometimes you would say of a striker, well, that's not really enough. You know, uh, t- someone like, a, a again, I've used this reference for somebody before, but a Josh Parker, you know, he had that work rate and it was only the last two or three games towards the very end of the season where we saw that. Connor Washington can sometimes go a couple of games without scoring, but the effort he puts in ultimately brings rewards and brings other people into the game and gets goals for the team. So, yeah, he would be, uh, I think if he'd been fit all season, he'd have been a close close run thing for player of the year but you know injury obviously has probably put pay to that but I, I really hope he wants to stay for another year because I think he could be a, a big player for us next season yeah I mean in terms of a partnership Connor 
uh, Jaden said it a couple of weeks ago. He felt that Jaden and, and Connor between themselves are one of the best partnerships in the, in the league. I mean, it certainly feels like, you know, I mean, they, they might not individually be the best strikers we've ever had, but they do work very well together. And in terms of a, a strike partnership, he's probably the best, or probably, probably easily the best one we've had since that, that half a season where Lyle Taylor and, and Carl and Grant were up against each other. Yeah, it's it's funny because I, I like Washington's movement. Um, he, he really puts himself across the top of the pitch. And, you know, a lot of his goals, a lot of his assists have come from him chasing down lost causes into corners. You're thinking, oh, that's going to go out, that's going to go out. And he's hooked his foot and he's got it and we've scored. And I think it works with... Jaden as well because he's not looking to just win every header and flick it on because he's very good at holding the ball up I just think he is from like I say it's a movement off of him which which works so well which is when one of them's out it we've we found it really hard to replicate okay Chucks came back in but we know he's more of a you know a tank to be let loose in the second half and use his you know physicality better you know so he, he's in theory, could work alongside Washington, but it's funny. I'd, I'd like to see him sign up. It's obviously he's happy, you know, settled. He might look at it and go, you know, he might get other offers, but you know, is it worth the hassle moving up the country somewhere? You don't know, you know, if his family's settled, kids are in school, and he doesn't want to move them. If we can, you know, get any of that and get him for another season, he stays fit. I, I agree. I think we've got sort of like possibly the best strike partnership potentially and it would have been interesting had they both been fit and you know together to see how far up I think we'd have been a, a lot further up because I can think of games where you know our shots on target was pretty much zero and you're thinking to yourself with these two there's always that opportunity there's always something that threats from corners as well you know, the work Stockley does in his own box which is very I always think reminiscent of um, Jan Kermagon you know where he's reliable can get his head on things and, and marshal things. And then from the peeling away Washington did the other day, I mean, that ball bounced twice. He's lifted it over the keeper. It's bounced once. It's in the goal. And you're just thinking, okay, it's route one. It's simple. But it's the way he's arced his run. It's the timing of it. Okay, their keeper's caught in the middle, doesn't know what to do. But it was still a really good finish. I mean, we've seen those go bouncing past. And... You know, you'd, you'd put your money on him. He's, he's good, you know, pretty much on one-on-ones. He's calm. He doesn't panic. Okay, he's he's got a few more years on the clock for some of the kids. But I like that. I like his penalties. Um, so, you know, I think if you can keep him fit, I mean, with us, it's always the ifs, ifs, ifs. If you can, if you can, if you can. If we can offer him what he wants, if he stays, you know, it gives us a good option. I'd bring in a fourth striker, you know, to replace... Um, Josh Davison, who I, I can't see being kept on, I, I really can't. I think, I you know, I know he's gone to Swindon and he's he's popped a few goals there, but I think possibly that could League Two could be more of his level, more of a comfort zone for him, and then yeah, you know, that could prove us wrong in the future. You know, as one of things go, yeah, okay, you know, maybe he wouldn't have been successful with us. So you know, that's a way to look at it and go, right, okay, there's an opportunity to have those four or those three plus a fourth plus one of the kids coming through you know we've, we've seen Carnu in a shirt we, we know what he can do 
maybe it's him time to step up and say, I can be that player who gets for cup games and stuff, and you can show you what I can do. You know, he'll have another year's experience, and we'll take it from there. Mm, lovely stuff. Right, a uh, quick update uh, on a couple of long-term absentees as well. Uh, Chuck Zanike uh, and Ryan Innes. Chaco has asked if he's expecting to see them back at all uh, by the end of the season. I'm hoping that we see both before the end of the season. Um, they're both they're both okay. They're both sort of stepping up their, their rehab now. Um, some of that's start, started to be pitch based. So um, as long as they make sort of the necessary steps over the next week, two, three, um, and we can reintegrate integrate them into training, uh, I expect to see both those guys uh, in some some way or another before the end of the season. There we go. Hopefully, some some good news on that front. If if they can get some game time between now. Uh, and the end of the season, but we'll see. Right, let's turn our attention then back finally to the game at Doncaster uh, on Saturday. We've uh, spoken all about it from a Charlton uh, point of view. We want to find out a bit more about it from a Doncaster point of view. Donny uh, sitting four points adrift now in the relegation zone. It's been a dreadful, uh, well, over a year really for them. It's, it's amazing when you think about it. Well, I do ask Paul the question, but... Barely a, a year ago, we went there. Sort of, I think it was Easter, Easter, maybe Good Friday. We went there last season under under Nigel Adkins, and we beat them one 0 It was a bit of a good result at the time because they they just started to drift, but they were still in playoff contention, and they they had a dreadful end to last season. Uh, it's continued into this year, and it's been a, a thoroughly disappointing uh, season. So I spoke to Paul Goodwin uh, from the Donny Free Press uh, Press and asked him how he would uh, describe the campaign. Yeah, um, been having a bit of think about this. Um, this. The best way to describe it is just being completely and utterly miserable. To be honest, from the from the moment the first ball was kicked, um, I've not I've not really known a season like this um, since I've been involved in football. And I think just a lot of the fans will be glad when it's over. Mm. To be totally honest with you, yeah, it, it's been awful. But the, the funny thing is, they could still stay up. Somehow they could still stay up. It's not insurmountable. The four points adrift. Um, I'd say it's looking unlikely, but it's not impossible. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, is is there still that glimmer of hope? I mean, they, they haven't won in four, but they've they've picked up more wins in the second half of the season than they seem to in the first. Although they're quite sporadic, yeah. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, there's there's hope still there. A lot of fans have resigned themselves to relegation, but they are four points adrift. The problem is that it's been four points for a few weeks now. They just haven't been able to take advantage of that. Um, but there's some poor, the, the bottom six teams that are poor teams in this division, and um, Doncaster. There's, there's still a route, a route out of it, but they, they need to improve their game massively um, over the recent performances. Mm. It's just been disappointing, really. Yeah. Can you put your finger um, on where it's all gone wrong? Because I remember when when Charlton came up to Doncaster last season, is around Easter time, and they were. Ju- I mean, they just started to dip, and they were falling out of contention for the playoffs, and had a a dreadful sort of second half of the season. And then this year, it seems to have just continued. Do you know, well, why, yeah. why do you think that has yeah. happened? Because they were they were looking a decent side at the start of last season. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely incredible, really. In the space of a year, you've gone from promotion contenders to, to relegation cannon fodder, basically. And, and there's a lot of reasons behind that, I think. This season, I mean, this season, if you take this season separately, there are, there are mitigating factors. There have been a ridiculous number of injuries which have hampered Richie Wellens and and Gary McSheffrey, who's come in, and he's complained about the general fitness of the squad as well. Um, that's been a bit of an issue. Um, but basically, I would say the, the recruitment in the summer just just wasn't good enough. Um, the balance of the squad is completely wrong. There's, there's too many lone lads, uh, young lads, lone lads, very little experience. 
and the balance of the squad just isn't right. So what they've been left with is, um, is a squad that's basically it's, it's a team that's very naive. There's, there's not enough leadership, very soft centre. Um, and I think it all a lot of this stems from a few years ago, really. It's not just something that's happened recently. I think the club's had a very short-term approach in terms of the loan signings, short-term signings, um, a high turnover of players. There's, there's been no kind of firm foundations in place. And you mentioned last season there, I think the point came when Ben Whiteman moved on. He was such an influential player. Then Darren Moore left. And then from that point on, the whole thing has just completely fallen apart, basically. So it comes down to a lack of continuity, a lack of stability, and um, some pretty bad decision-making, I think, at the top of the club. Mm. Can you say that Gary McSheffrey's had anything of an impact since he's come and he's won five of his games, but he has also lost 14, which doesn't help? Yeah, it's it's not a great record. I've got a bit of sympathy for him, really, because um, it's, 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 it's a really tough job. You're talking about somebody who's in their first job in senior management, uh, this this would be a tough job for somebody who's been around the block, you know, an experienced manager because he hasn't got the players, he hasn't got the talent really, and it's just been a struggle. Um, I think initially he came in, he galvanised the squad a little bit, he got them working a bit harder. Uh, like like you mentioned, they have found a way to win a few games away from London. They managed to win up at Sunderland. They won at MK Dons, believe it or not. And that, that was basically by parking the bus and playing on the counter-attack. But like I say, the last few weeks, it's just fallen a bit flat again. Um, and there's, there's no real evidence of any improvement in terms of the general play or attack and threat. They're struggling to score goals. They're really struggling. And they're conceding at the other end. So it's just a recipe for disaster, really. Mm. And, and so looking ahead to Saturday, I mean, obviously sometimes it's not always easy to pick pick players when they're on form like this. But are there any sort of danger men that the Charlton fans should have an eye on? Yeah, well, I thought I'd give Matt Smith a mention because he's um, obviously a player that Charlton fans are, are familiar with. He's, he's been very good in fairness. He, he works his absolute stocks off. You know, he works really hard in midfield and he can win the ball back in good areas high up the pitch. So so he's a player to keep an eye on. Tommy Rowe, Tommy Rowe's been a consistent performer. You know what you're going to get from Tommy and they've just not had enough players like him, you know, who are reliable, experienced, know what they're doing. But he's, he's had a consistent season. And the, the only other one I'd pick out, really, is, is Josh Martin, who's a lone winger from Norwich City. He's, he's got a bit of ability on the ball, but his, his final product lets him down a little bit. Um, but he's, he's certainly not the only one in, in, on that front. Cheers uh, to Paul for giving us uh, giving us that little chat. I mean, we, we we've got to be ruthless when we go to to a game like this. You know, we've got to show no no mercy. I mean, they've had heavy heavy home defeats uh, recently. Doncaster. I mean, they were they, they were pumped five 0 at home by Rotherham uh, a little while ago. You know, we want to we want to go and try and emulate something like that. They certainly they certainly have been losing a lot of games recently, and we want to make sure that. Uh, you know, their their home record is absolutely atrocious. They beat Accrington two games ago at home, but that was the only one of their last eight or nine that they didn't lose, Tom. It's an amazing record, and we don't want to be the ones to put an end to it, really. No, we've got to try and capitalise on that and take advantage of it. As, as I said earlier, our away record hasn't been great, but this is probably as good an opportunity you're going to get to put that right. And uh, I said it right at the start. Yes, we don't have anything to play for, um, but we, we should go there expecting to win and wanting to win and not just writing this season off because 
as I said, there are multiple reasons why those players do want to go out there and perform. Uh, and if nothing else, there will be fans going up there who deserve to see a side go out there and, and give it their all. And yeah, it's uh, it's not going to be an easy game. But as you say, if there was a an away game to put us back on kind of the winning run, it would be this one. As I say, we're coming off the back of two straight wins. You know, things have started to turn a corner and... Yeah, let's try and end this season with some uh, some positive momentum. Players coming back, getting some wins again. Um, and yeah, if if nothing else, let's try and, and finish on a high because uh, it's been a, a season largely to forget. But for, for Doncaster fans, obviously even more so. And, and they're going to be obviously tracking everything a lot more closely on Saturday than we are. But, uh, you know, we're part of this league and, and you know we have to play our part because... We're playing teams at that end of the table and, and ultimately could have a say in their future. So we need to just go give it everything. And, and as I say, if we do, I think we can win the game. Mm. I mean, can we look at their downturn as almost a reverse inspiration for what we could achieve next season? We've had a really rubbish season this year, Mark. Uh, last season, they had a pretty good one. Uh, then downturn spectacularly. Can we, do, can we go the other way? Can we see them as, as inspiration? No. No. Uh- <laughs> There we go. <laughs> yeah, probably um, fair. <laughs> there you go. That's it. No, it's it's a, it's a it's a strange thing if you look at the sort of like the seasons past, the last sort of like four or five seasons. There's been not many clubs who have been in the sort of like top six consistently. They normally have a good season. Then the following season, it's not so great. It's you know we're a prime example of that. If you look at some of the teams, um, Shrewsbury, you know, comes to mind. You know, had, had done well and then not so well. You know, the massive, you know, it's not great. Okay, they've just dropped down, but it's a case of no one's really been there, you know, consistent top six. Oxford potentially have had a couple of good seasons, but they haven't done anything with it. So you've got to think to yourself, there's only so much you can get which is going to get you further. You've got to look at the teams coming up, you look at the teams coming down, and you think to yourself, right, you know, coming down from that, you know, from the championship, Derby, possibly Reading, possibly Peterborough, who you know who we know about coming up, Forest Green Rovers, you know, have had a decent season and there's a you know, there's a couple of them down there. You think yourself you've only really got to look at what you can do yourself. You know, looking at what other teams are doing season in, season out, you you're just gonna get a roller coaster of of um points up and down. No one's been outstanding because you know the teams who have done well have gone up and rightly so and okay they've come back down again you know Wickham Rotherham you know have started to be a bit yo-yo-y but you get that in the premiership with teams you know West Brom Fulham Norwich yo-yoing up and down there as well so it's we've just got to be consistent ourselves and go you know what okay take the losses but put runs together put decent runs Three, four, five games winning streaks. Not sort of like two games and a draw and a loss. It's it's too bitty. So if we can be consistent, we mm. can keep 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 going. You know, I, I don't I wouldn't look at any other team to be um, an inspiration to us because there's no one there who's really done it season in season out to go. We should be following their model. Mm. Lovely stuff. Right, we've come to the end of this week's uh, big match preview. Hopefully preview in a game that will turn out to be uh, a win at Doncaster, but we'll find out and we'll talk about it on Sunday when we come back. We'll look back at whatever happens uh, against Donny uh, on Sunday. So make sure you join us again then. Right, thanks to all of you who got involved with this evening's show, sent your messages in. Thanks as well uh, to Mark and Tom for joining me this week. Cheers, mate. 
Cheers, Lou. Good to speak to the pair of you. I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again on Sunday. I was, I, was, I was just thinking the other day, in 18 years' time, we could be watching a young Stockley and a young Aniki playing up front for Charlton. Yeah. It's, been com- it's being commentated on by young Mendes. Yeah, it could be. Uh, I'd, be I'd be very disappointed if I lost my job to my own daughter. Um, <laughs> that would be an ego hit, but yeah, it could be. <laughs> yeah, that'd be it also mean we've been relying on youth strikers too much as well for my liking there. <laughs> Two 18-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>